uh, welcome to all of you here in this place this morning. So if you're first time, uh, you know, we welcome you here in Jesus' name. And also good to see Sally, all the way who's traveled from Bristol. Sally is the chair of the UK board of uh, Global Recording Network, which uh, I'm also part of it. Um, as you all know, that Global Recording Network is a worldwide ministry, and they have recorded over 6,500 languages. Now 6,700 languages. Um, gospels, Bibles, and all that, you know, they have translated into different languages. And uh, yesterday, Sally was with us, and uh, we were just talking about uh, how things are going. And one of the testimony that Sally shared was very powerful. Uh, one of the directors in Nepal, uh, he serves a GRN, that is Global Recording Network, in that part of the world. And uh, he says that he went to the Tibetan and Nepal border uh, to um, you know, record in that local language. And he happened to come across three people uh, or six people. Six, yeah. So six people he came across and uh, he used them to translate it. And as they were translating, um, you know, the gospel, they accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. And so the, this director from Nepal, his name is Surendra. Um, you know, we met him in uh, Switzerland a few months back. And he happened to go back after three months and when he went back uh, three months, you know, they had shared the gospel to six more people and they had accepted the Lord. Uh, and it happened so the leader of that tribe or the monk, uh, the Tibetan monk, he was very much against it, you know, that Christians, uh, people were becoming Christians. And so he opposed it, but anyhow, so Surendra went after three more months, you know, to do more recordings. And he found not only the six people, but this monk also accepted Christ, you know, and uh, the work is growing over there. So praise God for this ministry, uh, Global Recording Network. Amen. Good to see you all this morning. You know, today I would like to preach to you on the subject of the power of imagination. The power of in imagination. What is imagination? Imagination is the ability to form a mental image of something that is not perceived through the five senses. It is the ability of the mind to build mental scenes, objects or events that do not exist, are not present. Now, when I talk about the power of imagination, I'm not talking about the fantasies. You know, if you look at God, when he created heaven and earth, you know, he imagined first and then he created. And we are created in God's image. And, you know, if you know the Wright brothers, before they could make the first plane, aeroplane that could fly, they imagined that one day we human beings are going to fly. And then that came to pass. 
And then when you think of Alexander Graham Bell, he invented telephone. Before he invented it, he imagined that one day we'll be able to talk to each other. And there are many such inventions that human beings have created. You know, just think about the mobile phones that you have. With that, you can just see each other from people across the world and communicate with each other because someone had imagined that this will happen and that happened, that was created. You know, Albert Einstein, he says, imagination is more important than knowledge. Again, he also says, logic will get you from A to Z, imagination will get you everywhere. Then Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, said, imagination is the only weapon in the war against reality. Then Mark Twain said, reality can be beaten with enough imagination. And when you look in book of Genesis, you know, the human beings, they had an imagination, but that imagination was not a good imagination because they wanted to overtake God. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 11, verse six. And the Lord said, when they were trying to build the tower of Babel, and the Lord said, behold, the people in one, people is one, and they all have all one language. You know, this is where I think the GRN ministry was imagined. <laughs> and this, they begin to do, and now look at this. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Nothing can restrain them what they have imagined to do. You know, so we have that power of imagination. You know, your imagination can make your current reality redundant. You know, let's talk about Noah. In book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says, By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Now just think about Noah. Noah was building the ark on a dry land. You know, people didn't know what is rain. People didn't know what's going to happen. But Noah, when God spoke to him, he imagined, you know, what's going to happen and his family is going to be saved. And that's what he was trying to convey to the people, but the people were not listening to him. But Noah, he had the power of imagination. People even maybe in those days criticized him, ridiculed him, you know, opposed him. But that didn't stop Noah to what God had given him the picture, the vision, the imagination. Let's talk about Abraham. You know, this is what God said. To Abraham in Genesis 15 verse 5 to 6. Then he brought him outside and said, 
Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So God brought him out and showed him the sky. He showed him the stars in the sky. He made Abraham to imagine the future, how it's going to him. So he gave him that picture, showed him the stars in the sky. And God said, that's how your descendants are going to be. Just imagine. Imagine. And the Bible says, and he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now here the word believe, the Hebrew word is aman. That means to nurse, build up, to support. In other words, he kept imagining how his descendants going to be. Like the multitude stars in the sky. And then God spoke to him again, Genesis 22 verse 17. Blessings, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. Again, God gave, showed him a picture. God showed him like the sands of the sea. Your descendants are going to be. And God gave him that picture to imagine how his descendants are going to be. Are you with me this morning? Amen. And then, just think about this. Genesis 17 verse 5. God said to, his name was Abraham, which meant exalted father. And God said, no longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. You know, Abraham, that means father of multitudes, father of many nations. Now, God said this to him when he didn't even have a single child and he was very old. God said, imagine, I'll make you father of many. And that's why your name should be called not Abraham as exalted father, but Abraham as father of many nations. Just think about it. Just imagine the scene. Abraham, Sarah, and all the servants around them in the field. Abraham is in the field tending the sheep. And Sarah, she shouts and says, Abraham, father of nations. Come for lunch. And all the servants around them must have heard that. So what? Abraham, father of nations, he doesn't even have a single child and he's too old. What are they talking about? Have they lost their mind? But when they spoke the name, the meaning of that name, they were imagining what's going to happen, what God had promised them. Amen. What are you imagining in your life? Think about Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. Now here, Jeremiah had the calling of God over his life. And Jeremiah says, Lord, he's giving all excuses. He's saying, Lord, I'm only a child. I cannot speak. I'm not fit enough. I'm not worthy. I think you must have chosen the wrong person. Now here, God says to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So God gave him that picture that this is what I have chosen you for. And he was telling, in other words, to Abraham, imagine. Don't allow your circumstances, people, or the devil to lie to you that you lack anything. You are the child of God. You're the child of God. God has called you. God has chosen you. Philippians chapter 4, 13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. If you think this morning you're here, that you are a failure. If you think that nothing good is coming out of your life. If you think everything is against you, it's time to stand up and speak the word of God and the promises of God over your life and imagine what God has kept for you. Hallelujah. Imagination diminishes and eliminates the perception of obstacles. What do I mean by that? Let's think about David. When he faced the Goliath, King Saul and his army, even David's brother, they were all intimidated. They were all afraid to face Goliath. But David not, was not intimidated by the apparent obstacle of Goliath's size. David was consumed with his God-given purpose to slay Goliath. Hallelujah. He imagined that it would be like to take down the giant. And as a result, he was excited about it. When imagination and excitement are mixed together, you will either not notice obstacles or they will be largely diminished. Amen. And therefore, your courage will increase to face any challenges and to fulfill and pursue God's given purpose in your life. Secondly, pride and being unthankful distorts your God-given imagination. In Romans 1.21, it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So the scripture says, though they knew God, okay, they knew God, they did not glorify him. They did not give him the glory. Secondly, they were not thankful. I think as Christians, we need to be so careful, you know, when we know God, we need to give him the glory. And secondly, we always be thankful, you know, to God for who we are and what he has done in our life and what we got. Always be thankful. Otherwise, 
as scripture says, our hearts will be darkened. And in vain, you know, your became vain in the imagination. Second Corinthians 10, 5, it says, when those thoughts come where it doesn't give glory to God or when we are not, we are unthankful to God, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jeremiah, he says, but they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of the evil heart and went backward, not forward. They went backward and not forward. So if you want to go forward, amen, incline your ear to what God has to say. Hallelujah. You know, Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says, Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit, in Amplified Bible I'm reading from, Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So what does it say? Roll your works upon the Lord. That means commit your works to the Lord. And secondly, trust them wholly to him. Trust him. And when you do that, when you commit your works to the Lord and trust in him, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Amen. Think about it. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Now, lastly, let's look at the story which little bit I touched last time when I shared to you. Disciples in the boat, in the midst of the storm, and Jesus walking on water. If you remember last time I spoke to you about that when Peter started walking, he had a good starting faith, but he lacked persevering faith. He lacked persevering faith, and he drowned. Now here, Jesus had told them, the disciples, you know, go in the boat and the other side. So he has said that they are going to go on the other side. Now, as they went, you know, the Bible says they were caught up in the storm. Now here, we need to know this. The disciples were not the problem. The water was not the problem. Then what was the problem? Matthew 14, 24 says, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The wind was against them. Are you facing winds in your life that is against you? Or sometimes in your life that you have faced winds in your life that is against you? And here the disciples, they were not making progress, but praise God, Jesus was making progress towards them. Hallelujah. They were stuck in the storm. What is storm for you? 
What is tone for you in your life? Whether it is finances, it is relationship, sickness, disease, situation in your workplace or business, family, friends. When you are stuck in the storm, remember Jesus is making progress towards you. And then in verse 28 says, you know, Peter, he saw Jesus walking on the water. And what does he say immediately? Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, listen to this. Peter didn't say, you know, when he saw Jesus walking on the water, and remember, Storm, just imagine, you're, you're with the disciples in the boat. You know, the wind is blowing, it is dark, and water is splashing on your face, and, you know, you're facing this storm. First thing, what will you say? <laughs> you see Jesus. Peter didn't say, Lord, if it is you, calm the storm. Peter didn't say, Lord, if it is you, please take us to the shore safely. What did Peter say? Peter said, Lord, ask me to come and walk on the water. Amen? Walk on the water. Tell me to come to you on the water. And this is what I call it, the power of imagination, even in the midst of the storm. Peter had the power of imagination that he will be able to walk as Jesus walked on the water, even in the midst of the storm. As I said, are you facing any storms in your life? God has much more than the storms of your life. Hallelujah. Now all the disciples were stuck in their reality, but there was one with the power of imagination making the reality redundant to achieve which was far better. Amen. And many times, like the disciples, we can get caught up in the storms of our life and we don't progress because we fail to see what God has, God has for us. And here, Peter, Jesus, the moment Peter said, you know, I want to come, Jesus said, come. The 11 disciples were happy to accept the reality. Imagination changes the world. You know, when Peter started walking on water, notice this, Jesus didn't stop the storm at that moment. Jesus could have thought, okay, Peter, you're going to now walk on the water. Let me make all the storm calm for you. Make me, let me prepare for you everything. The storm was still there, even as Peter walked on the water.
But why did Peter drown? Why did he drown? He walked for a while, but he drowned. Why? Because he saw the wind. He saw the wind. Wind was there even when he was walking on the water. Think about it. Even when he was walking on the water, wind was there. But the scripture says he saw the wind. What changed? When he saw the wind, it created a negative imagination in his mind. When he saw the wind, it created a negative imagination in his mind. Imagination brought him back to his reality because it changed him from positive to negative. It wasn't the waves that sank him. It wasn't the wind that sank him. It was Peter himself sank himself. And when Jesus said, come to Peter, he had total authority over what was beneath him. But when he focused, just think about this. When he focused on the wind, Peter empowered what was beneath him to have power over him. The power of imagination. You know, as I read the scripture, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You know, think about this lady, Mark chapter 5, verse 24 to 29. It says about this lady, female, who had this bleeding problem for many years, for 12 years. And it says here, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject for bleeding for 12 years. And it says she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Sometimes you feel like that in your life, that instead of getting better, it's getting worse. Then it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She imagined, she imagined that only if I touch his, the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Freed from her suffering. People of God, I just want to share this to you this morning. As we learn today, the power of imagination. But what happens to us? Like the disciples, when we face all the storms in life, we just succumb to it. We just accept the fact that we are stuck in the midst of the storm in this boat. But let us be like Peter. Even though the storm was there, 
he had an imagination to walk on the water. Because God wants to do great things in your life. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly about all that we ask or think, according to the power that work in us. And again, lastly, you know, if I can ask the musicians, our worship team to, you know, come and play the music. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ye heard, now have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. God has prepared something for you. Maybe even you can't imagine. But sometimes our faith becomes a stumbling block. Sometimes I walk with the walk with God. You know we falter and fail. But God has great things for you. That's what he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to the people of Israel. He said, I have plans for you, I have thoughts for you. In NIV it says, I have thoughts for you. Not to harm you, but to give you a future, hope in the future. That means God has an imagination about you. That imagination that God has is good. But we have lived under the lies of the enemy. We fail to imagine. Amen. Maybe sometimes it is the people who have said things against you or negative things or try to put you down. Maybe saying to you, you're good for nothing. You can't do this. You're not good enough. But God says, you can do it. Like Peter, are you willing to say, Lord, ask you. And Jesus is always waiting and saying, come. Come. Like Abraham, he imagined looking at the sky, the stars in the sky and the sands on the shore. Imagine that his descendants will be multitudes. Even when he did not have child and he was old. A God is a God of impossible. Amen. The word of God says all things are possible with him. This morning maybe you're facing some challenges in your life and you feel like you're stuck in the boat like the disciples. It is time to imagine that you can overcome every problem, every situation, every circumstances of your life.
not because just your thinking because the word of god says so because the promises of god says so amen god wants to work in your life and use you for his glory even you can't imagine what god will do amen we all will close our eyes this morning and ask God Lord help me help me Lord to imagine not the negative things not the problems the issues but to imagine the promises that you have for me to imagine what you can do for me hallelujah Good question.